So a happy new year to each and every one of you. And it is not just any happy new year greetings, but it is a blessed new year, a year of hope, hope. All right, and I pray that 2017 will cause you to jump up in the air and it's going to be a very victorious, very dynamic 2017. You believe that? Say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. I'm excited about 2017. I don't know about you, but I am excited and I'm believing the Lord even for great things. And I know that it will happen to you as well. Now, 2017 was our year of hope. And uh, we normally carry the theme for two years. And so <coughs> this year is also the same. But uh, in 2007, sorry, <coughs> 2016, our uh, theme verse is taken from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Let's read it, uh, it together. Let's read this verse together in case you have forgotten it, all right? So let's read together. One, two, three. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Our God is a God of hope and He wants each and every one of us to abound in hope. Now for this year, 2017, it is still the year of hope, but the theme verse is taken from a different passage found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to verse 8. So it's going to be a, a hope year, or hope for the new year. Alright, this new year as we usher in, as we welcome 2017, I believe that there is great hope even for the new year. Hope 2017. And the passage taken is from Jeremiah 17. So very easy to remember, very appropriate, isn't it? For the Chinese, you say very ong. You know, 17, 17, all 17, huh? 20, 17, and Jeremiah 17, and verse 7, wow. For the, even, even for the Christians, they like the numeral 7. Talks about completeness, all right? So Jeremiah 17, verse 7, and verse 8. Let me read to you this scripture passage taken from the New King James Version. It's interesting, if you compare the different version, it's a little bit variation in how verse 7 is presented. But in the New King James Version, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. I think it cannot get any clearer than that. All right? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. In the New Living Translation, he says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bordered, are not bordered by the heat or worried, worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. 
And so from this passage of Scripture, I'd like to share about a living hope for the new year. What do you, what do you have for the new year? A living hope. Everybody say, a living hope. A living hope for the new year. Now, this passage is taken from Jeremiah. Now, I will not go into, too, I will not take too much time talking about the background of Jeremiah and this book. But Jeremiah, as we know it, you know, is basically known as uh, the weeping prophet because he wept so much. You know, there is even a book called Lamentations written by him. It's all about tears and sobbing and crying. What was he crying about? No, he's not a crybaby. All right, he wasn't crying for himself. He was weeping for the nation, a nation that has forsaken the Lord, a nation that has gone into idolatry. And he was weeping for them for the restoration of the nation. And he prophesied during the reigns of five kings, starting from the 13th year of the reign of King Josiah of the southern kingdom of Judah. And King Josiah, as you have read last, uh, last year in our Bible reading in 2 Kings, you find that he was the last good king of Judah. And after that, all the evil kings came along, short periods of time, assassination, all kinds of things, you know. And that's why God had to punish the nation and, and let them into captivity. But Jeremiah cried out to God, even for the nation. And he prophesied from 626 to 587 BC. It's about 40 years of prophecy. Although Jeremiah prophesied about 2,500 years ago, his message is still relevant for each and every one of us. His times and our times are not much different. Israel, Judah was threatened by the enemies. And right now, there are threats by the enemies. There are ISIS, you know, and there are uh, uh, Muslim fanatics. There are terrorists and all kinds of uh, murders and robbers. We live in a perilous times. And the economy of the nation was down, downhill at that time. Their livelihood was just taken away from them. And the economy of the nations today is not bright at all. It is bleak. Economies do not have much to look forward to, even in the year 2017. And so we are living in the same times. And during that time when Jeremiah prophesied, there was political upheaval. There was political instability. One king after another just changed hands. One was assassinated, poisoned, and all kinds of things were happening. And we are living in very politically unstable times as well. We don't even know what's going to happen in our nation. I don't think I need to elaborate more, right? And so you find that although Jeremiah prophesied 2,500 years ago, the times he lived in are almost similar as the times that we are living in. There's a powerful message for us. And yet through it all, God raised up one man to speak to the nation. Even before he was born, God has already selected, appointed, commissioned Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1.5, I chose you before I gave you life. And before you were born, I selected you. 
to be a prophet to the nations. Can God select somebody before the person is born? Oh, He has done it many times. Some of you, God has been, have been calling you. Before you were born, God has been calling you already. Only thing is you do not know yet. One day you'll wake up and God will, uh, will, God will confirm it in your heart. I have been calling you. I have selected you. Your life is not an accident. I have a destiny. I have a purpose for you. If you receive it, say amen. All right, praise the Lord. So you find that that was what happened to Jeremiah. And his message is basically a message of hope. Even during the dark, dangerous, perilous times. But Jeremiah dared to hope. I don't know what dark times you are facing, what difficult times you may be facing. But Jeremiah has a message of hope in spite of all the judgments that he pronounced, in spite of the fact that the people did not really turn back to God. But there was still hope and he dared to hope. Sometimes it was a very violent hope. But that's the message of Jeremiah for each and every one of us. So what is your hope in 2017? Some of you have written some resolutions. I prefer hope rather than resolution. Do you hope for good health? For straight A's in your studies? For a happy, peaceful family? For a good career? For a job? What is your hope? It's not wrong to hope for any of these things, but you have to be specific in your confident expectation of God for this year. And there is something here in the Word of God for you to hope on. Let's see. First of all, this living hope is placed in the Lord Himself. In the Lord Himself. I like the King James Version that says, whose hope is the Lord? It's not just I place my hope in God, but God Himself is my hope. God Himself is my hope. Where are you placing even your hope for this year? Now the word hope has been translated from actually different Hebrew words. There is no one Hebrew word for hope. In fact, there are 15 different Hebrew words for hope or translated in our English language as hope. Some translate as trust, confident, different ways. But there are 15 different ways of expressing the idea of hope. One of the Hebrew words is kwava, which means in the sense of trust. As when Jeremiah addresses God, our hope is in you, our trust is in you. Jeremiah 14.22. He uses the noun form of kwava to teach that the Lord is the hope of Israel. And then there is tikva, also meaning trust. Then there's meetup, which means trust, confidence, and uh, uh, expectation. So you find that the Hebrew is just so rich in the language that it, it, it expresses hope, you know, with different words. And so sometimes when in the English language you read the word hope, all right, or trust, or confidence, actually it all expresses more or less the same thing. But in the New Testament, it's more consistent. It's you know, usually only from one word. 
the verb form is elpizo and the noun form is elpis, which means confident expectation. Anticipate with joy. Just as much as Jeremiah proclaims that God is the hope of Israel, Paul in the New Testament announces that Jesus Christ is our hope. So the central trust is God is our hope. God is my hope. Psalms 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. So in other words, we can also say the Lord is my hope. My hope is placed squarely in the Lord. The word hope is found nearly 100 times in both the Old and New Testaments. In the New Testament, it's used 54 times and most of the time, almost always, it talks about God as the author of hope. Hope is found in God and nowhere else. There's a clear emphasis in the New Testament as well as the Old. Hope is not just a wishful thinking. I hope it does not rain. I hope I get a brand new car for my birthday. Some of the young kids are hoping for that. No, it's not just a wishful thinking of vague aspiration. It is a joyful and confident expectation based on solid certainty and the sure promises of God. Hope to desire with expectation of obtaining. Hope to cherish with a, uh, to cherish a desire with anticipation. Hope to expect with confidence. That's biblical hope. So where do you put your hope? In whom or in what do you put your hope? Is it in people, in programs, in policies, in practices, in political parties, in powerful people? You remember the time when Barack Obama was elected as the President of the United States of America about eight years ago? And he was on a wave of hope. He promised hope to the people. He promised change to the people. And now in about 19 days, he has only 19 days left. Then he'll be out of office. Where is the hope? that he has promised. He wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. But where is the hope? I'm sure he has done many good things. But the concluding of his presidency raises a lot of doubts. The most recent one, for example, is the vote in the United Nations Security Council where America abstained from that vote and because of that, it was passed by the security, security, security Council, whereby they are to stop all buildings and settlement in the disputed area. And Israel felt so betrayed by their good, long-time friend, America. They have placed their hope in America. If America had vetoed that vote, things would go on. But now, the balance has changed. So we can place our hope in people, politicians, political parties, 
But friends, brothers and sisters, it's not about the federal government. It's not about the opposition. Because all these will fill us. Do you put your hope and trust first and foremost in God and in God alone? God is my hope. In the Amplified Version, it says, Bless, most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord. That's what trust and hope is all about. Believing, trusting, and relies on the Lord and Him alone. My hope is in God. Let this year, 2017, very clear. My hope, our hope must be in God and God alone. For God is the God of all hope. Every, many times in the Old and in the New Testament, God is presented as the God of all hope. That's His very nature. That's who God is. Hope is who God is and it is what He does. Hope originates in God. Hope comes from God and only found in God. He is a supplier. His gift to us is hope. Faith, hope, and love. These three abide. We talk a lot about faith. We talk about a lot about love. But what about hope? We miss out on this essence of the Christian life. And actually, it's a very powerful weapon in spiritual warfare. If you learn how to tap into the hope that God has given to us, you will be successful. That's why the psalmist says, Oh Lord, you alone are my hope. You are my hope. I have trusted you from my childhood. Young people, do not forsake the Lord. When you grow up, be like David from my childhood. I have trusted you. People like Angeline, people like Sarah Jane, and many others from their childhood, they have trusted in the Lord. They have placed their hope in God. And up to today, they are serving the Lord. Because God is our hope. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. So God is our hope. And when all hope is gone, we, have, we can always see the God of all hope. You can ask Him and He will give us hope. God has given us a living hope. And hope is based in fact. God loves you. Hope is based in firm conviction. God cares for you. And hope is based in the final assurance that God wants to have fellowship with each and every one of us. That's what a living hope is all about. Place your hope in God and in God alone. Secondly, this living hope is planted in the Word of God. Bible says here, planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river. I like that. He'll be like a tree planted by the water. There's one hole in the golf course that I play in. My ball many times go into the water. But when I go and look for my ball, I always admire the trees there. Lining the tree, lining the, the, the pond there. Oh, the trees are big and huge. And they are strong. And I'm sure their roots extend into the stream. We spread out these roots by the river. 
You see, any tree, any plant that, must, uh, that, 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 will, that will be strong must have deep roots. That's why you have to be careful. Different kinds of plants have different kinds of roots. I have picked up the seed from the flame of the forest in some of these golf courses just to test it out. And I just planted it. And it grows very fast, very easy. But after that, its roots begin to spread. Begin to spread. And you don't want that kind of a plant too close to your house. It may crack up even the concrete, cement, the foundation, and even the walls. But you find that big trees, some are, you know, in some countries I've visited, they are 200 years old, 1,000 years old. Some even claim to be two, 3,000 years old. How do they get to be so strong and solid? It's by the root system. It's all determined by the root system. When the root system is strong, nothing can shake it. Even the tsunami comes along. You know, after the storm has gone, the, the, the tree is still standing solid. And I have dug some of those trees. The roots really go deep down. That's how they are able to spread out so wide. So you find that our life must be rooted in God. And when our life is rooted in God, we stand firm. Otherwise, you will be just like the Tauge. You know the Tauge? <clears throat> Bean sprout. A baby can even pluck up the Tauge because the roots are so shallow, so small, nothing. Or you try to do that with some of the plants, you take a knife and you chop it, oh, I tell you, it'll be very difficult. It's the roots. And you look at some of the trees, when the trees are withering and the leaves are, 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 are spotted, you know that something is wrong with this tree. It is not healthy as it should be. And mo the, most of the time, the reason is, there is, an, a, there is an attack on the underground root system. It may be bugs, it may be termites, it may be insects, but when the root system is destroyed, the whole tree will die. That's why we must have very strong roots. Very strong roots. Colossians 2, 6, verse 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now been built up in Him and established in your faith. Firmly rooted. Everybody say, firmly rooted. We must be firmly rooted. Friends, what we need for 2017 is to be rooted. Everybody say, rooted. Alright, what do you need? You need to be rooted. Otherwise, you know, just a, just a slight storm will just cause you to topple over. So question is, how do you get, how do you develop deep roots? How to have deep roots? Psalms 1 verse 1 to 3. In the New King James Version, it says, Blessed is the man who was not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The language of Jeremiah almost repeated here that brings forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. 
reading from the Message Bible. Now, the Message Bible is not the authorized version. You know, sometimes when I read it, also I shake my head. Hey, does the Bible say that? Uh, you know, so it's not the authorized version. It's a very loose translation. But sometimes to get the flavor of it, it's also good to read it. And in the Message Bible, Psalms verse. Uh, uh, chapter, uh, Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3 says, How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't sling along dead end road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. Instead, you thrill to God's Word. You chew on Scripture day and night. You are a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. So how do you plant deep roots? In His law, He meditates day and night. Or chew on Scripture day and night. Friends, we are to be rooted in the Word of God. Everybody say, Word of God. It is the Word of God that makes the difference. Friends, it's so simple, it's so basic, but this is it. It is the Word of God that we must meditate, we must read, we must study, we must hear, we must study, you know, go to classes and, 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 and do, you know, everything revolves around the Word of the Lord. That's the secret. What does the, what does the Sunday school song say? Come on, children, help me. Right, I hear somebody. Read, read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. If you want to grow. If you want to grow, read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. How many of you want to grow? Come on, give the Lord a hand. Amen. I want to grow. And the way to nourishment, uh, nourishing food is the Word of the Lord. So read the Bible. To help you to read your Bible, we have come up with a reading plan. As has been announced, it's found in this planner. It's all there. You know, and it's for you to record also even your observation and what the Lord speaks to you. Or to make it easier for you, it's found in the, even just in this uh, uh, leaflet here. You know? And uh, you cannot find it anywhere else. In the bookstore, book, Christian bookshop uh, anywhere in Malaysia or even in the world. There may be similarities, but this is very unique in Glad Tidings. Alright? And we have already completed year one. This is for two years. You have already completed year one. You know, uh, how many of you have completed year one? Come on, give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And now we are going into year two. And uh, with this reading plan, it will help you to read the Bible. To complete reading the Bible, the Old Testament once, and the New Testament twice in two years, plus certain portions of uh, Psalms and Proverbs. And all you need to do is just read two chapters a day. Two chapters a day is not too difficult. In fact, some people say, it's too easy, Pastor. You know? Then you can read four chapters a day, no problem. Double it. All right? 
And uh, to help you also, there is, a, there is a column on meditation for you to meditate and memorize the scriptures. When I was a young Christian, I just memorized the scriptures. You know, scriptures, you know, that, that means so much to me. You know, I memorize those scriptures. Nowadays, we are very poor in memorizing scriptures. You, and, and you don't even know which scripture to memorize. Don't worry. It's all taken care of. You just take this copy. All right, it's all there. Some of the most powerful passages of scripture, verses, you know, of, of, of the word of the Lord, you can memorize, meditate, or as the Message Bible says, chew on scripture day and night. I'm sure you chew, right? Morning, you chew on food. Afternoon, you chew on food. Nighttime, you, you know, dinner, you, put, you chew on food. Supper, you chew on food. Tea time, you chew on food. Hey, chew on the word of the Lord. Somebody say, Amen. So get it. Get a copy, all right? This is not to... In fact, we don't make money at all. You mean you get all of this for 12 ringgit? Are you sure? Can cover costs, uh? cannot. All right, you know, but uh, we just deliver it to you so that you can grow in the word of the Lord. So that's how we can have deep roots. I must go on quickly. Number three, we are protected from the drought. Bible says, and will not fear when heat comes and we will not be anxious in the year of drought. Will not what? Fear. No fear. Will not be what? Anxious. No anxiety or worries. Other versions say, and will not be careful. That means no anxieties at all. It, it does not fear. It has no worries. Why? Because of the protection of the Lord. For those who have placed their hope in God, Rooted in the scripture, the drought will not affect you. The heat will not cause you to have heat stroke. And the secret is, even though whatever is happening around your environment, whatever circumstances it may be, whatever the political situation and the economy, God says, I will protect you. It will not hit you. Now, it doesn't mean that it will not happen to you, but He will sustain you. Those difficult times may come. The Bible talks about the drought and we will not be anxious in the year of drought. What is in store for us in 2017? Will it be the year of drought? Will that be a strong heat that will come, pressure, struggles, and I'm sure these things will come. And as a Christians, we are not immune to all these external factors. It will affect us one way or another. But it will not pull us down. It will not destroy us. We can have the peace of God. We can have the serenity of God. We can have the confidence of God. There shall not be worries or there shall not be fear at all. The Bible says, we will not fear, we will not be anxious. As people enter in their 2017, there are a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety. These are the two common enemies and it will destroy you if given an opportunity. But for the Christians, for the believers in the Word of God and in the Lord Himself, let's all say together, I will not fear. I will not be anxious for the Lord is with me. Amen. Come on, give him a big hand. Hallelujah. 
And so we can enter into the year with that kind of a confidence. Not to say that we will be spared from the heat and the drought. It will come. It will come. But the secret of the Christians is this. We have another source. We are not depending on the rain. When there is no rain, drought will happen. But when there's no rain, hey, our root system is strong. We are planted by the rivers. We got another refreshing source. God Himself will sustain us. Amen? Hallelujah. Like in the day of drought, of the days of Elijah, there was no rain for three years. And the people were suffering. God says, I will sustain you, Elijah. I will take care of you. And even in those years of lack, God provided for Elijah. Even when he was depressed and fearful, God still sustained him because he has put his trust and hope and confidence in the Lord. When David faced a mountain, he could not overcome. But he says, my confidence is in God. And in that confidence, he went against Goliath and Goliath toppled under him. Daniel was in a crisis, thrown into the liar's den. But because he has put his faith and his trust and his hope in the Lord God Almighty, even the lions do not like to eat him. God says, I will protect. It doesn't mean you will not go through difficult times. You will. But we will not be sucked under. Somebody say, Amen. You will not be destroyed because your hope in the Lord is strong and is established in God and He will supply. He will watch over you. There's a promise here when the heat comes. So don't blame God. Don't get panicky. Important thing for this year. Say, God, I will not worry. Things may not go my way. I may not fully understand all that you are doing. Lord, it's very hard. I almost, feel, I, I, I almost feel like I'm having a heat stroke. But Lord, will you refresh me? God will be with you. He will sustain. He will protect you. Even from the drought. You see, our hope is greater than any and every of our circumstances. The heat and drought will come. But our hope is greater than that. The Lord Himself will protect us. Lastly, we'll be productive all the time. Its leaves are always green and never fails to bear fruit. I like that. What a, what a beautiful picture of the Christian life. The Christian hope, the hope that we have will cause our leaves to be always green and never fail to bear fruit. This is the promise of God's Word for us. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. You will be well watered. You will have abundant resources. Its leaves shall be green. It is a very blessed thing to have a green leaf. How many of you want green leaves? Amen. Praise God. I want my life to be like a green leaf. When I look at plants, I love plants. When I look at plants, you can tell straight away a healthy plant. Its leaves are green, really green. But when you see spots there, turning brown, turning yellow, ah, you know, that is under attack. It's not that healthy. Something is not right. 
whether the soil is not fertile or there's not enough water or there are insects and bugs or whatever it is. But when the leaves are green, it brings great delight to the heart. And much more when it begins to bear fruit. I see a lot of green leaves around here. Those of you who have served the Lord faithfully all these years, another year has come and gone and you have served the Lord faithfully in 2016. You are that green leaf. You are still here. You are loving the Lord. You are serving Him passionately. Thank God for you. You are that green leaf. People look at you and they are refreshed. They are encouraged. The senior adults, they are known as Evergreen. Yeah. Evergreen. Yeah. Sharon is one of those evergreen. Always dancing in the presence of the Lord. They are evergreen. I mean, they, they have walked with the Lord. They have served God for many years and they are still faithful. Evergreen. And there's peace of Lord. Green leaves. We are green leaves people. <clears throat> very pleasant. Very vibrant. Vital and alive. May you be evergreen this year. May your leaves be always green. People look at your leaves. They know that there's something different about you. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. You can experience great growth in the Lord for this year. Friends, you are just like that tree. Get this picture in your mind. A big tree. Strong spreading roots. Strong spreading branches with green leaves, strong trunk, unshakable. God is speaking about you. He's not just talking about trees. He's talking about you. You, in 2017, can be like this tree. Show it on the other screen. The image on the other screen is somehow sharper. Ha, you see or not? Wow! That's you. That's you. That's you. That's God's will for you. Like a tree planted by the rivers whose leaves are always green and bearing fruits. Get that imagery in your mind. I want to be that tree, oh God. Success comes when God is our hope. So for 2017, you can dare to believe God and hope for the great things of God. When we put our hope in God, we can expect good things. We can know that our life is going to be richly blessed. Green leaves, bearing much fruit. Brothers and sisters, this year, 2017, is going to be a fruitful year for each and every one of us. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Your leaves are going to be green and you are going to bear much fruit. For those who have been praying for a child, somehow you've been married for some time, you don't have a child. I believe the Lord. I, I pray the Lord. Even this year, you shall have a child. The Lord is going to cause you to be fruitful in your family, in your work, in your studies, in every area of your life. No matter what He 
heat may come, no matter what the drought may hit a country, but God will protect and God will cause us to be productive and to be fruitful in Him. Hallelujah! Come on, give the Lord a praise. It's going to be a fruitful year. It's going to be a fruitful year. Even for the church, we are believing God for 4,000 people. And it's going to come to pass. Fruitful year, even for glad tidings. Hallelujah. As we serve the Lord together. And that's why I'm so excited about this passage of Scripture. It's everything that God has. Everything that God wants. Everything that God plans. For each and every one of us. God doesn't want us to be fretful, filled with anxieties and worries. Oh, what's going to happen to me? God says, I'll take care of that. You, you, place your hope in me. Be grounded in the Word of God. And I will protect you and I will cause you to be fruitful. There is hope, there is joy, there are blessings for those whose hope is in the Lord, we trust in God. He will provide for us sufficiently, protect us lovingly, love us perfectly, guide us carefully, and always keep us for now and for all eternity. And so, brothers and sisters, the tree is not just the tree outside there, but it's really the people. And that's each and every one of us with that living hope for the new year. Place, planted, protect, protected, and productive. What a great year it's going to be. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed new year. Hope 2017.